everybody, and welcome back to the Rumcast. It's another episode of the Rumcast we got coming for you, and we've got an interesting subject today that we're going to be tackling based on a question that came in. Um, but first, let's say uh, hi to Will. Will, how are you doing? Hey, John. I'm doing good, and I'm really excited to get into this question we received today, which we'll get into in just a moment. But first, I want to share a little something that happened to me yesterday. So, Yesterday, I go to support my local liquor store for the first time in a, a, a pretty long while, yeah. longer than I'm, I'm used to taking between trips. So <laughs> taking all the proper precautions one should right now. I've got my mask. I've got my travel bottle of hand sanitizer Excellent. to apply before I leave the car. Six after feet I get of separation. Back in the car. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm prepared to keep a safe distance <laughs> from any other patrons inside the store. You know, I'm checking the aisles. If there's someone in the aisles, I'll go browse, browse somewhere else. You know, if someone's in the rum aisle, I'll go, I'll go check out the Amaros for a second yeah. before, or look at, see what, what uh, kind of mezcal they got going on. But I walk in, uh, fortunately there's, there's no one browsing the rum aisle. I've got total free reign to take a leisurely look around. Mm-hmm. And what do I happen to see there? There's something that catches my eye something I haven't seen before, Mm -hmm. something that looks both familiar yet different. Uh, What I'm talking about are the redesigned bottles from Appleton Uh, Estate. Yes. One of the most ubiquitous brands of rum currently available in the U.S. And I suddenly found myself full of joy at seeing these new bottles, not just because Joy Spence, their master blender's name is written <laughs> no pun prominently in, uh, in, in a nice cursive script yeah. on the bottles. Oh, cool. But because I, I suddenly realized that, you know, for me, Appleton's 12-year bottle, which I know has, has gone by a variety of different names over the years. Right. Um, it said Rare Blend Rare, for yeah. a little while. I actually, I, I just, I, I came home with a bottle of the new one today. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact phrasing. I think it may just say, uh, rare casks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it does say 12 year, you know, aged for a minimum of 12 years, as is the rule in Jamaica. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I suddenly found myself finally realizing that I'm happy about this because I think that when you look at this bottle now, the value judgment you you make of it based on superficial human qualities that we all yeah. have right we all look at rums and make subconscious uh or conscious judgments about what we think about them based on what they look like exactly i feel like this bottle based on its look has now caught up to the quality uh, of rum that's inside so it. it's matching and yeah. yes and, and like like i know this shouldn't matter right like in a perfect world it would be all about the rum yeah that's not the world we live in and to me, why I think this I was so happy about this is because, as I mentioned earlier, Appleton is one of the most widely available brands of rum you'll find in the U.S. I know when I was first getting into rum, I think maybe the two first bottles I bought mm-hmm. were... I was trying to make a Mai Tai, and so I knew I, I needed Jamaican rum. Right. And so the first thing I bought was Myers's rum, um, which which I, I don't know which has more distribution between that and Appleton. Um, I'm not going to make a guess yeah, there. They're both I don't know all either. over the place. Yeah. Um, but I think the next bottle I bought after that was Appleton. Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of people, and you know, if you're talking to rum communities online and you're saying I'm new to rum, what are some of the bottles I should get? Like the 12 year is is going to be one of the first bottles that is recommended to you. And yeah. I think the reason for that is uh, a it's it's affordable for what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, B widely available as I already right. mentioned. C it is unadulterated. Yeah. So I think, you know, people want new consumers of rum to experience rum yeah. that 
is just rum, right? It's it's not sweetened. It it doesn't have you know a a uh, any chicanery going on with the the age statement it's a good or anything word. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try to work that. In. I don't even know if I pronounced it right, uh, but I threw it in there anyway. You you take a lot of pronunciation risks when you record a podcast that you don't think about in everyday yeah. conversation. Yeah. But anyway, and so I think you know one of the things about Appleton Twelve Year is. I, it was almost like when you told people to get this bottle, you had to like tell them like, "Don't worry about it. I trust me, it's good. I know what the bottle looks like." Yeah. Yeah. It. it, it let, let me just like be the first to say, I never thought the bottle looked bad. It didn't look bad at all. Um. But I think when you see what the new redesigned one looks like, yeah. it suddenly just to me looks more representative of the quality that you're getting in the bottle. And I think why this is so important, you know, I was just listening to. Uh, the Privateer Rum podcast mm-hmm. hosted by Maggie Campbell, friend of the Rumcast. Yeah. And she was actually interviewing a- another uh, guest that we've had on the Rumcast, Richard Seal. Ah. And they touched on a topic that we touched on with Richard a little bit and hit it in a few different ways. It's really good. I'd recommend everyone go listen to that. Yeah. But uh, the Guardians, Richard, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, R- Richard was once again talking about the importance of like the category for all producers right. and how brands can only do so much on their own, right? right. At the end of the day, you're going to bump up against what the broad impression of your category is. Exactly. And so Appleton has so many opportunities to be one of those first impressions people have in rum. And so I think having uh, a bottle that that looks like something you could uh, pour into a glass and drink by itself, and that wouldn't be weird, which to so, some so many people with rum, they, they have no idea right. that people do that, right? Right. And so I just got really excited about this. Um, and I know I know some people are like, oh, they raised the price. Oh, like this sucks. Like yeah, you used to be able to get this so much cheaper. Like, okay, whatever. It's still $40, right? That's still to me tremendous value for what you're getting in there. Yeah. And I, for one, you know, when it's someone who is who is charging a higher price for something that at the end of the day is really well made, is a good product, isn't uh, isn't misrepresenting itself in any way. Mm -hmm. That makes me happy that uh, the producer is able to get the value that, you know, I I think they deserve. So I'm really excited about this. And it just got me fired up for like. (laughs) Yeah, it's like this is this is great. Yeah, I, I'm excited for people to see this and have this new impression with this bottle of rum. And uh, I don't know, am I am I crazy? Am I putting? Am I being too superficial? Am I, am I putting too much value in looks? Well, what what is your reaction no, to this? I, I think it does make a difference. Um, so that said, I I wouldn't say the bottle looked bad before either. Um, in fact, a lot of the bottles that uh, I've seen, at least in my area, all came in a tin as well. Or not all of them, but a lot of them came right. in a tin. Yeah, like I never knew quite what was up with that. Right. Like some stores I would go in and there would be that little tin box that it would come in. Yeah. And, and most of the time it wasn't. But I, yeah, I never quite figured that out. I thought that, that was an attempt at perceived value as well, oh, to be sure. honest with you. Kind of like they do with scotch and other things sure. as well. But the design and the overall look of it was similar whether it was in the tin or not. Yes, you didn't get to see the bottle. Um, but it, it still had the same kind of overall presentation and look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I will say that I fall prey to the same thing that you do about, and and everybody probably, that we, we judge based on the appearance at first of what the rum looks like and what the bottle and the design and the label, all of that contribute to. I also agree that, like you said, and like Richard's mentioned, that uh, the, the great thing about Appleton is it's emblematic of its category in all the right ways. 
and uh, for Jamaican rum. And I think that's really important. And as you mentioned earlier as well, for people to uh, jump into a Jamaican rum style, mm-hmm. it's it, it's hard to do better. In fact, coincidentally, um, I just this week, or I guess it was last weekend, um, talked to a good friend of mine who is now getting into rum, and they asked me, what do I buy? And I recommended uh-huh. them Appleton 12. There you go. See, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. And so I don't know if he had the old or the new label, but... I, I think, you know, we, we talked about this with, with Eric K as well right when right. he was uh, on the he was on the first episode we did our second first interview we did second episode but uh eric you know is, is the guy behind home's key rum and he taught you know you brought up the label design which is you know it's it's very minimal uh mm-hmm. i, I want to say understated i don't mean that in a bad way it's just i would it, say distinguished distinguished yeah it's very straightforward yeah. i think he, he talked about you know being somewhat inspired by the way scotch Scotch. is is labeled and bottled and uh you know his whole point was that rum doesn't have to be you know pirates and palm trees in order to sell it it doesn't have to uh necessarily be associated with things that i think in some people's mind sometimes cheapen what it is right? right and so this is something that i think is on any producer's mind you know even if they have a minimal design bottle like foursquare or something like that there's still um, thought going into why the label looks that way right exactly and so i don't know this just just had me excited i wanted to bring it up i'm curious uh, what other people think about this so if you have thoughts uh, let us know on social media send us an email host at rumcast.com that's host at rumcast.com and on that note we should probably get into today's topic, which came from an excellent question yeah. written into host at rumcast.com. So see, this is all connected. I'm excited. But yeah, we, <laughs> we got this connect, uh, question from Dan, who lives somewhere up there in the Chicagoland area, uh, kind of the greater area in and around Chicago. And his question was an experience that we've probably all had. I know you and I have had this at some point. Definitely. It doesn't take you that long once you dive down the rum rabbit hole to have this experience. But his question was, what do you do when you buy a bottle of rum you end up not liking? Mm-hmm. Well, I have some thoughts on this for sure. And Will, I'm sure you do too. And uh, I thought it was a really good question for us to tackle uh, in this format because there's a lot of angles to this. And yeah. yeah, one of the first things I thought is, well, how do you end up with that bottle? <laughs> so Right, there's a few ways that can happen. Yeah, and, and uh, the first one, of course, is I think probably the most common experience is it was recommended uh, by someone and or you heard about it somewhere. And so we go out to the store and we purchase it and we take it back home and we get it out of the bottle and we pour it and uh oh, it sucks. well i think there's a there's a spectrum of reactions here you know and a lot of it depends on what idea you had about the rum going right like the expectations right yeah so sometimes sometimes you'll get a bottle and like you just said it just you just flat out don't like the taste of it like in your mind it sucks it's not for you and then there are other cases where you get something and you taste it and maybe it's just not interesting right you know bland uh, or flat maybe, or yeah exactly yeah. maybe and and i'll get into an example later but um you know i'm thinking of a time where um this was actually a different scenario where a rum was gifted to uh-huh. me yep and it's a rum that i think is positioned somewhat uh on the the premium side of things it comes in a box and oh well you know, I know it's <laughs> It's it's a <laughs> if it's in a box. It's a well. rum. Oh yeah, if it's in a box, I mean, it's it's, it's got to be, be great, great, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, you know, it's a rum that is 
position to be something to enjoy on its own or you know in in premium cocktails to use the parlance of the industry mm-hmm. and i had a sip of it neat as i always do as my go-to with rum and it just wasn't interesting to me at all and i was like i'm this isn't going to be something i reach for to drink by itself right. so th- that's that's another example of a scenario you could be in sometimes it's not always like oh this rum is terrible i hate this sometimes it's just like well this isn't what i was expecting yeah. what do i do with this now exactly and so i think what we want to do with this question is unpack some of the different things that you and i do when we run into this situation uh what you know how do we still get the most out of a bottle yeah. of rum because i think that's that's the most important thing to keep in mind here is that all is not lost. You can still find ways to salvage and have something useful out of a rum that you don't particularly enjoy. So for sure, I'm excited. To, we haven't really talked through our approaches to this independently yet. So I'm excited to hear how you approach this and and share a few of my ideas as well. Awesome. I came up with uh, six, maybe six and a half different things that I thought okay. of that could be different ways to handle this problem. And uh, among the large spectrum of stuff that you just mentioned of how we could still make use or some other things that may come to mind. So I'm in <laughs> yeah. interested to uh, to talk those through with you. Yeah, so hit me, just just pick one of those, those six and a half points that you got and let me know what you do. Okay, so here's a first one that I'm going to go through and I'm going to get to actually what it is in a second. I want to preface it by saying I'm in no way trying to say that I'm some sort of like experienced expert on this but I do think it's really important that you give that rum more than one shot. Yes. And by that, yes. I, I mean, you know, opening the bottle and tasting it once and then like chucking it into the <laughs> you lake. You mean like take multiple, make, take multiple shots, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying. Finish it <laughs> off. You, no. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you know, you've got to give it some Give it time. another chance. Give it another chance. Right. If you're already familiar with the product that was like gifted to you, like you said, and you know you don't like it already, maybe that's a different thing. And heck, maybe you can re-gift it unopened in that case. Um, but if you feel strongly on a first sip that maybe it's something you don't really know as much about and um, you're still trying to figure it out, I would say give it some time so that's my first option is put it away and come back to it after a while um i yeah i literally had that exact same one on my list so come back to it later is always my first suggestion before you decide what you want to do with it right right because i know i've personally had experiences where i have a rum i try it you know, I have some impression of it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm underwhelmed. Maybe I'm just whelmed. Um, I, maybe I'm not, you know, jumping for joy. But then I come back to or it. Or overwhelmed, and, believe it or not. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, or overwhelmed. Yeah. But I find that when I come back to rums, you know, it's it's a different day. I've had different things to eat. I'm in a different exactly. mood. Yeah. Whatever. There's all these little factors yes. that I won't pretend I understand all the science behind. But I just know that it's it can end up tasting like a a different thing the next time and i i have one specific example of this the first bottle of foursquare i ever had Uh was premise Uh and i enjoyed it when i first had it but i wasn't blown away Mm -hmm. um and that was my expectation right because it was the first foursquare i'd ever right. had and, and it's built up to be this kind yeah, of, yeah yeah foursquare as a brand has has so rightfully has so much respect in the marketplace right. and praise and accolades and so when i came to it i was expecting the world and i tried it and i was like this is good but i was expecting a little bit more mm-hmm. um i came back to that bottle i don't know a, a week or so later yeah and it was like a 180 it was like all and, and you know premise has uh so, so i think it's it's an ex-bourbon and ex-sherry cask maturation yeah. in that 
bottle. Yes, it is. And for whatever reason, the first time I didn't pick up any of the sherry influence. The second time hmm. I got so much of it and it's not over. It's, it's done really beautifully in that bottle. Yeah, it is. And it just, all of a sudden I was like, this is so interesting where I wasn't getting half of this the first time that I tried it. Huh. And I don't know what it was. Sometimes I know people say, uh, letting the bottle breathe for a little bit can, can impact right. the, the, the flavor. Right. But whatever it was, uh, I mean, I, I think that's a fantastic rum now. It really and is. I know it's, it's, it's not one of the cask strength, uh, exceptional cask uh, releases. Right. It's, I think it's 46% ABV, somewhere's about there. I, I believe you're right. And yep. yeah, so it doesn't always get the same love as some of the, you know, like Foursquare 2005 or something like that, those big, bold uh, cask strength releases, which I also mm-hmm. love. But that that runs beautiful. I really like it a lot. Yeah. And uh, if if you know I'd gone off that first impression, I I never would have discovered that. Yeah. I, so sorry. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to. I know you threw that out there. I kind of hijacked. No. It, that, but, no. Um, that's okay. I, I had that on my list too, and like that that experience just came to mind right away for me. I understand. I'm gonna back that up actually. Just real quick, a note on premise. I recently did this blind tasting on Foursquare, which we're gonna talk about yes. in another episode uh, at yeah. length because we have a whole thing planned around that. But I will yeah. tell you that premise did uh, exceptionally well in that really and oh, I, I was i can't wait super to talk surprised. about that. so uh spoiler yeah. for 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 that but um so this exact same thing that you're kind of describing happened to me with agricole a rum agricole that i bought a bottle of for the first time having never really experienced the french style mm. um and i was really interested in this goes back to the idea of expectations as we talked about and knowing yeah. what you're getting into so i opened this bottle of rum agricole i, I took a, a neat sip and went what the heck is going on here <laughs> and like, wait, can you can you share what bottle it was? Or I'm curious, was it was it aged? Was it was it unaged? I'm, I'm what, what are we dealing to, yeah, with? Here? So I'm happy to share that because uh, I will I, again. Spoiler alert: It turns out it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's Clement. And uh, this was a select barrel, so this is not their best in the series, or what I would say is oh, yeah, typically I, a neat. I, yeah, I had that same bottle, oh. and I, I, I think I don't know if that bottle was just really widely distributed mm-hmm. throughout, but like until recently, that was the the Clement Select Barrel was like the only aged expression for them that i had available locally yeah but anyway yeah so um, please, please continue sure so it's a it's a good bottle of rum uh I, I wouldn't say like i was just saying it's not their uh highest in the series by far and i think that yeah. now i know more about rum this happened quite a while ago when i was still very much in that adventurous exploration mode of like oh there's all this different rum out there from all these different places i have to get them all it was like pokemon all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed <laughs> yeah had no idea like, where this is gonna take you um uh, yeah <laughs> so I, I opened that bottle and i was like no this is this is not what i wanted and i don't know what to do with this and uh-huh. at, at first i was just like i'm gonna put it away we will never speak of it <laughs> you know like like lord of the rings or something we'll, we'll put it uh-huh. away we'll never speak of it again um, right right and uh so it went to the back of the cabinet and i hadn't seen it maybe for six months plus And I came back to it and was like, huh, you know what? Now that I know a little bit more about this, I know a lot more. I had researched more about the French style of agricole rum, and I knew what I was getting into. I tasted it again, and I have to say that I developed a taste for it now over time. And and again, it wouldn't be necessarily my favorite agricole rum, but it's worth having, and it's worth having as part of my home bar. So. Yeah, you know what this this whole this this thing reminds me of? It's it's a phenomenon that I think people of a certain age group will appreciate, which I think most listeners of this podcast probably. I think I'm like the last wave that would have experienced mm-hmm. this. I'm 31, so I Young boy. growing up, uh, <laughs> growing up, you know, when I first started getting into music, CDs were still a thing, right? Yeah, 
And my experience growing up with so many CDs that I ended up loving was the first time I listened to them, I was like, you know, maybe I liked one or two songs, mm-hmm. but it didn't really grab me. And I had to like mm-hmm. listen to it, you know, yeah. three, four, five, six times. This happened to me uh, with, with every Radiohead CD I ever bought, which uh, I, I ended up like, I love Radiohead. They're nice. a great band. Um, and, but like every album I got from them, I would always just be like, hmm, you know, the first time I listened to it. And then like I listened to it a few more times. Yeah. And like by the sixth time, you're like, oh my God, I'm in love. Like every single song on this is great. And I actually feel a little bit sad about that sometimes now because I'm also a Spotify subscriber. I have been for, I don't know, like seven mm-hmm. or eight years mm-hmm. now. I haven't bought or used a CD in, you know, a decade. Yeah. And even though I listen to lots of music now and have access to more than ever, I feel like I've probably missed out on some albums that I would have loved because I'm not forced to spend time with it. You know, when you yeah. when you uh, when you went to Best Buy or, or wherever back in the day and shelled out fifteen or sixteen dollars for a CD, yeah. and you like got in your car and put it in you there, you to get all like, you could. You, yeah, you were ride or die with that CD for like a month or so. You know, you were gonna hear it over and over again, and it gave that time to grow on yeah. you. So funny story, I worked in Best Buy as the the CD oh, no person. <laughs> yes. That's and people awesome. would come to me all the time and be like, I, I'm hearing this song. And, you know, they would sing a bar and then I'd be like, oh, yep, you want this. Uh, that was a fun time in life, actually, because people excellent. actually shared in that experience, too. So yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's we're, we're more separated now in weird ways. Obviously, right now we're really separated. But, um, you know, it, there's just a, I agree with you 100 percent. And I'm a little bit older than you are. I'm about 10 years mm-hmm. older than you. And I, mm-hmm. so I was of the like the tape generation growing up until CDs I had a few hit. tapes. I had a few tapes when I was a kid. Yeah. But the the quantum leap in fidelity from tape to CD and track skipping capability it was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I'll never forget that experience of listening to the first few CDs and how amazing that was. So I agree with you. And that's a really good comparison that you have to sit with things. And sometimes you, you learn to like things and you learn to appreciate them over time in yeah. a way that you didn't Which, expect. by the way, if this is the first time you listen to this podcast and you're like, man, I don't know about this. Hey, give us a few more episodes because <laughs> <laughs> what we're saying applies to podcasts too, okay? Don't don't let this <laughs> this uh, this rambling section uh, sour you forever on the road. This is a little give different than chance. what we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've got yeah. some we've got some different approaches and stuff, so, but yeah. it, anyway. On to number 2. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's get on with it. So, Will, why don't you go? Yeah. Yeah, I'll share one from my list. So, one thing I tried to nail down, and this is this is pretty simple and straightforward, but I try to use it as an opportunity to learn a little bit about my tastes. And so, I try to ask myself when I'm tasting it like, what don't I like about this? Right? Wow. And I think Sometimes the answer is obvious, um, but if you drill down into it, you can get a little bit more valuable answers than just like, well, I think it sucks mm-hmm. or it's boring or, or whatever. And, you know, you, you hit on certain notes or aspects of it that, uh, you know, help you get to know your own preferences a little bit better. So, I mean, I think that's pretty s- simple and straightforward, yeah. but use it as an opportunity to clarify you know what types of rums you like and don't like because then when you're in conversations with people and they're giving recommendations you can be like yeah well i've had this and like here are the reasons that i didn't really enjoy it and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so that's something that i try to do i don't 
I don't keep like detailed notes right. or like a tasting diary or anything like that. Or score. Yeah. It's just not really in my personality to do stuff like mm-hmm. that. I, a lot of times I wish I, I were like that. I think it'd be really cool, but I just can never make myself do it. But anyway, I, I would just advise you to do that. Say, you know, what don't I like about this? And try to, to pull pull out some some uh, descriptors and uh, some, some information about your own taste so you can continue to learn about what you like and don't like. That's a really informed way of doing it. And I, I like that. And it kind of goes along with one of mine here as well, um, which is to explore with it. So mm. in, in the same way, what do you mean by that? so what I mean by that is in the same way you're talking about, about asking yourself these questions, it's also about trying to identify um, what you like or dislike about the rum and how it might be useful in other ways. One of the great things about rum is that even if it perhaps doesn't meet the quality of what you would want from a straight sipper, um, mm-hmm. cocktails are a thing and they're really awesome. And some of the the rums that we would use that are still, it may not be, again, something you're looking forward to as, as sipping neat, but it really works well in cocktails in certain ways or mixing it, however that might be. So trying it with a little bit of ginger ale, trying a little bit of coconut water, Um, in that way is what I mean exploring it and seeing how maybe some of the different properties might come out um, and again, this would be kind of limited to something that you're, you're, you're likely to understand as a good product, but may not be for you, as opposed to something like, oh, you know, you were gifted a bottom shelf rum that you know is really not your thing, uh, or, right. or a lot of people who are into rum's thing. I mean this more about something that maybe you, a lot of people are high on, or a lot of people are like, wow, this is a good bottle, but you haven't found what you have liked about it yet. And, and by exploring with it i think sometimes we can come to know something a little bit differently and better and find the good or as you mentioned what you don't like about it and then that informs you moving forward yeah i think that's great and i had something very similar to that on my list i actually had i had three specific suggestions of try it three ways nice. i think for me personally Um, There are three kind of go-to very simple classic cocktail recipes that I think even even uh, if you have a rum you really like, Mm -hmm. I like to try them in these contexts as well. Most of the time. Not all. (laughs) Yeah, most of the time. Not not all rums. You know, I'm probably not going to make a daiquiri out of, you know, a a bottle that costs one hundred dollars or something like that. Um, I may once, you know, if I'm feeling a little indulgent or something like that, but I generally don't do it that much. But if you do, that's totally fine. It's your prerogative. Exactly. That's just, you know, mine. But my three recommendations are um, classic daiquiri, mm-hmm. rum, rum old fashioned, mm-hmm. and dark and stormy, which yeah. I, I know technically dark and stormy is supposed to be what Gosling's, I think, um, in order to call it a dark and stormy. Yeah, but I think you know right. what I mean. I'm mm-hmm. talking about ginger beer, a little squirt of lime, and rum. Yeah. Um, so the, those to me are the three cocktails that, again, even if it's a, a rum that I think is good, yeah. I, sometimes it just brings out different qualities or characteristics of it. Or sometimes you put it in one of those drinks and you're like, man, this doesn't work in this drink at all. Mm-hmm. Like everything I liked about it before is just kind of lost or like muddled or that's definitely not happened there. to me it's too. Not, it's not popping. Yeah. You know, yep. uh, I really find that. And, and I don't. I, I don't know, I don't have like the perfect formula for figuring out the best rums to use in rum old fashions, mm-hmm. but I find that drink to be extremely hit or extremely boring one way or the other. Hmm. Um, and again, I don't know the keys to unlocking which rums work great in it or not. <laughs> I just know sometimes I make a rum old fashioned and I'm like, man, this is great. And sometimes I do it and I'm like, man, I wish I just had this by itself and you use like (laughs) Um, a standard recipe every single time for it yeah i i I, most of the time so i i um generally do two ounces of rum 
uh, a quarter ounce of Demerara simple syrup mm-hmm. or regular simple syrup if I have that on hand. I, I know like the old school original way of making it yeah, is to use the actual sugar. sugar. Yeah. I, I just find getting that to incorporate takes a little more time yeah. and work and isn't always as consistent for me. And I always have simple syrup yeah. uh, in my fridge that I make because it's super easy to make. So super simple? Quarter, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I couldn't help it. <laughs> it's in the name, yeah. So quarter ounce of simple syrup. And then I usually stick with Angostura um, bitters. Sometimes I'll throw orange bitters in there. Yeah. I've got some of Bitterman's uh, Tiki bitters, which I enjoy. I think are really good. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't have like a whole library of bitters. The only bitters I've purchased that like I super don't like mm-hmm. are Fee Brothers. Uh, old fashioned bitters I think are awful. Hmm. Um, sorry, Fee Brothers. <laughs> I just, I it's a like, personal really, opinion. Yeah, I have. I have yeah, not. I, I like those, them. I think they're fine. Yeah, they're the aromatic bitters yeah, from Fee yeah, Brothers. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it's different, okay. but I, I don't dislike it. So there's that. It's just everybody has to their, each own, their own. Yeah. Yeah. To each their yeah, own. I don't have it in my bar uh, though either. I only have uh, Angostura, and that's it. But I, I tend to sit yeah. and eat more than cocktails. Yeah. Yeah. So th- those are my recommendations uh, for mm. as far as first three cocktails I generally try uh, with a rum. Unless someone has, unless there's a yeah. specific cocktail I bought the rum to try it with, or if it's you know like a a one fifty one, uh, you know a very particular rum that has uh, more more particular context. Although I mean you can find ways to use rums like that in in old fashioned stackeries, dark and stormies, whatever. So play around with it. Um, try it in a few different simple cocktails that, you know, don't require a whole library of ingredients or something like that. Like I, I know, I know, as you said, you're not a, a huge cocktail guy, right. but you know, even you have a few, you know, ingredients at home oh, for that sure. you can make a lot of those basic drinks. With. I do my Demerara simple syrup as well. Uh, nice. so I find I much prefer that to regular sugar, simple syrup for some reason. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it gives it gives it another another layer. It does. It makes a difference. It really does. Like I was I was you know like eh, I don't know if this is going to be making it. It really does make enough difference. Um, yeah. Okay. So here's a different one. So I'm going to go uh, far afield from those concepts and give you one that's more focused on the rum enthusiast community uh, than anything okay. else. Which is if this is really a rum that is a well respected rum that you're really not feeling. And you maybe have even done some of the things we already mentioned and still kind of don't like it, but most of your bottle's still there. Then mm-hmm. you can consider doing a couple of things. You can trade it with someone in your local community. You can mm-hmm. uh, split it out for samples in your local community. Mm, yeah. um, you can do something to get that rum out there because it's it's likely if it's a well-respected rum, even if it's not in your wheelhouse, it's uh, just as we talked about with the Fee Brothers uh, bitters, it, it may well be in somebody else's. So yeah. um, it's it's a it's a thing you can do. I think this is way different in terms of thinking about how to, to tackle this issue. But I think it's worth considering if you're in a community, especially locally, where there's a lot of rum enthusiasts or, you know, some people that, you know, might benefit and say, hey, look, now I'm not saying that this isn't like that. Ah, taste this. It's so horrible. You got to taste this. Ah, <laughs> not that kind of thing. Um I mean, more along the lines of just saying, hey, look, this is something that maybe it's not uh, to my palate, but I'm sure there are others out there that will appreciate it and we can find creative ways to get it there. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's great. That's that's very a, a generous way of looking at it. But also, I think there's there's value in keeping rums like that. Like, like, I think some people get to the point where, like, they tried a bunch of stuff with it and, like, they just can't find, you know, yeah. something that they like with it. So they, like, just, you know, pour it all in like a punch where they like bury it mm-hmm. and a bunch of ingredients and can't really taste it. Yeah. 
but I, and that's fine that like that's that's an approach you can take with it but i also especially if it's something that was a little higher priced or has a, a you know a, is is kind of loved by lots exactly. of run enthusiasts right i think there can be value in keeping it stowed away as kind of a reference point so let's say let's say it's a jamaican rum that you just didn't care for that much mm-hmm. uh, but you still you like the category of jamaican rum and you're going to buy other jamaican rums i like to keep that on hand um for all those situations like you were saying sharing is great being able to give samples to other people maybe trade it for something good mm-hmm. but also even if it goes nowhere let's say the next time you buy a, a nice uh jamaican rum that's that's in the same ballpark as that one you didn't like i really like to compare them huh, right yeah that's, that's and a cool idea like i think it, it, uh, either the last episode or a couple episodes ago i talked about comparing lemonheart 151 and hamilton 151 right um lemonheart 151 when i bought it was like i i thought it was decent i mean that's that's a that it like truly is a cocktail rum like i don't know <laughs> i don't know very many people who sip on that um it's a little intense for that yeah well, any uh, so i mean any but yeah a lot of 151s right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, I was using it in, in cocktails that were meant for that specific right. rum, but it, it wasn't really blowing me out of the water. But it was a really cool, fun experience to be able to... I did that, like, blind comparison with Lemonheart 151 and Hamilton 151 just to, like, make sure that's really how I thought about it. Mm. And, like, you know, maybe the, the, the bottle design and other factors like <laughs> that weren't pe- playing tricks on me, yeah. right? And it turned out that I really, like, I thought the Hamilton 151 was a lot better um, mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. And, like, being able to have that rum that you didn't enjoy as much and go back to it and be able to compare like that, I, I for me, that experience is really fun. Yeah. I, I agree with that totally. In fact, I did that similarly with some Jamaican rums in Appleton. As you mentioned, you know, at the start, Appleton 12 is kind of a great benchmark for the category. Um, and I, I do like it. I will say this. It's not my favorite Jamaican rum. Um, yeah, no, I would I would agree with right. that. Um, I, I think one, one of the reasons I was so excited about it is like, and you touched on this, is it's a great introductory yeah. rum, you know, because it has some of the... Uh, there, there's you get a little bit of like the f- yeah, the, the funky hago, overtone yeah. un- undertones. I don't describe that rum as as a very funky rum. Um, I think people who aren't into funky rums can right. still like that rum. Yeah. But you get like an idea of what it is yeah. from that rum, right? Yeah, and then then you put that next to like uh, Hampton Estates bottling, you know, and that yeah. one's going to to introduce you a lot more um to to what people mean when they say jamaican funk yeah. so i'm sipping yeah. on that right now actually the hampton is oh, nice it's really really great um love it the the, the green one or the overproof? no no the the, the, the the regular this is not the over this the i think it's 46 uh okay yeah uh, but the one with the green label so great uh such a great yeah. product and uh actually uh, we got to with the florida rum society put together something with christelle harris uh this week yeah and that was a really cool uh experience and she was great also and maybe one day we can uh, hope to get her on on the rum cast as yeah. well that would be awesome we we may we may have to try to convince her to come on yeah. that would be really cool i think hampton is uh, a distillery and a brand yeah. that people are really fascinated with rightfully right now for sure doing tons of amazing stuff as they have for quite a while um i've got one more to throw out there okay. and <laughs> this is kind of like uh my i wouldn't say a last resort <laughs> and this is only in certain contexts but I want to go back to uh, that story I alluded to earlier of a rum that I was gifted that many people like. Um, you know, it's positioned as a little more premium. I was 
underwhelmed with it uh the, so the the bottle was uh, santa teresa um mm-hmm. whatever the number is it's like 17 1796 yeah. um just kind of fell flat hmm. for me um i didn't think it was terrible or anything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. it's just i was like this isn't something that i would reach for to drink by itself i just found it to be kind of boring yeah um and so uh, what I <laughs> so here's here's my my technique is sometimes when I encounter that situation I use it in a way that I would normally never use a rum that I really like a lot and okay. the specific example for this was uh, I decided to make it a freezer rum <laughs> and what I mean by that is I leave the bottle in my freezer okay. so I have a super cold bottle of rum that I can take little sips from every now and then, or that I can, you know, just throw with, you know, a mixer or something. And it's like instantly super cold. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I like, hmm. I, I wouldn't keep any bottle of rum that I really like in the freezer. I right. know some people do that. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, Hmm, I wouldn't do this with a, uh, with, with a bottle that like I I'm in love with, but I'm going to try doing this. I'm just going to stick it in the freezer and uh, I'll have a freezer run. <laughs> so I've got a freezer run now. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I have kept I have kept <laughs> vodka in the freezer for a couple of things, but um, that was more just for cold, you know, drinks. Uh, I've not yeah. not kept any rum in the freezer. That's interesting, though, that you would still kind of make a use for it, even though you really don't care for it. Again, I, I think Santa Teresa. I don't have a bottle of it uh, in my house. I, I like some of their line quite a bit. Um, and That's the only one that I've had from their got line. Got it. I'll say I that. was surprised with some of their, uh, the, not the 1796, but the less premium offerings are, are, are very mm-hmm. good. For the, for the price and the, the quality of what you get, I thought were pretty decent. Again, it's that it's Spanish-style rum, and, and you get some of those qualities out of that column still type of product. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. Now, the 1796, I, I'm going to agree with you with in terms of being a straight sipping rum. I, I probably wouldn't reach for it first either. Again, I know mm. many people that down here in Miami, they really like it, and um, yeah. it's very popular. I And I've, I've seen even you know some rum bloggers who aren't usually too enthused with the, you know, calm, still lighter mm-hmm. style spirits mm-hmm. from a lot of Latin American countries use that as an example of like, but I think this one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I don't, for me, it did. And, and there are rums in that style that I, that I do like and, and drink by themselves. Like um, I brought a bottle of uh, Don Q's uh, sherry cask mm-hmm. uh, back from Puerto Rico when I was there a couple months ago. And I think that's a lovely rum. Um, I really like it. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not just like you know it, it's not a case of oh I don't really think uh, lighter lower proof rums in in that kind of you know right. Spanish traditional style are good for sipping like I do think yeah. some of them are and, and that one just for me whatever it just it just fell flat and so I was like hmm I recently heard someone talking about keeping a bottle of rum in their freezer and it's just nice to have this like super cold yeah. rum to drink yeah. and i was like i want to try that huh. I, you know i wouldn't do this with something that i cherish yeah. but i'm gonna throw this in here and um it's <laughs> it sounds so stupid uh, but uh but it's fun you know yeah. so just you know keep it keep it in your back pocket for you know a stupid experiment you want to do at some point yeah and we should touch on something we maybe we should have touched on this earlier in fact um but there there can be slight variations from bottles to bottles uh, and although there's a lot of product out there that the blend is created to be 
very consistent across the product. Sometimes when you're dealing with other products that are, uh, you know, single cask or small batch cast strength, sure. you're going to get some variations that sometimes you may have a different note in there that doesn't agree with you as much as another bottling would. Yeah. So that's another kind of interesting point to keep in mind for certain types of products that there may be some variance there and sometimes great variance. Um, Especially with younger, newer distilleries, right? Right. I know I know people talk uh, a lot about Privateer's Queen Share bottle yeah. as one that, you know, can vary somewhat from, from release to release. Yeah. And, you know, some of that to a degree is, is by design with younger distilleries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richland Rum is another example. All of their aged rum bottlings come from single barrels mm-hmm. and they actually have what they call a barrel pedigree tracker on their website. And so you go to their website, find the barrel pedigree tracker and like enter in the number from your bottle. Every bottle has the number of the barrel it came from. That's super cool. And it gives you all the details yeah. because not, I, th- I think all of their age bottlings are somewhere in the like four to five or three to five, three to six, somewhere in that age range. But, um, you know, they're not all bottled at the same point. They're bottled, they taste it regularly. And when they all agree, or they have kind of a brain trust and right. when, when they agree that it's ready to be bottled, it's bottled. And if you look at, they give tasting notes for each of those barrels and they, they vary a lot. And um, so, so yeah, like there are some brands where there's going to be some variance and, yeah. you know, your experience with one bottle could be a lot different. And, you know, I, I enjoy that to a degree with some brands. Uh, it's it's almost kind of like, you know, different wine vintages, right? right? right. F- from different In years. In bourbon, or... they would call it a honey barrel. I don't know if you've ever mm, heard that yeah, term. Yeah, yeah. I have heard that yeah. term. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's a good note. I'm glad you brought that All up. All right. So I've got uh, a couple left on my list here, both of which, as you mentioned, were kind of last resort. So uh, I'm going to say at the outset that these are super last resort options. Um, yeah. But that I wanted to at least make mention of them because I think it's um, interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say with this one that I'm going to bring up that I'm going to I'm going to say you've probably never done it. I, I'm just okay. guessing based on what I know of you, Will, that you've not done You think done you this. know me really well, don't I think you? I, you think you've got I mean, me We pegged. spent a few hours find talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's but I'm out. curious to know. So I'll, I'll admit, uh, truth be told, I have done this once. And this is okay. a drain pour. Have you, oh, have you ever heard this just term? Pouring it down the drain? Pouring it down the drain. Or pouring <sighs> it out, whatever the case is. Yes. I, I'm trying to remember if I've done this. I don't think that I have that. Aha, I knew it. I, I bet. <laughs> you put it in the freezer instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, that's only happened once, okay? Yeah. Don't, well, don't freezer shame me. <laughs> Same here. Don't drain pour shame me when I tell you yeah. that I, I did pour one that was almost, I would say it was about 50 or 60% left in the bottle. So I had really done all we wow. talked about with it and found that I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do and you it. And you, you apparently wouldn't even wish it on a friend of yours, no. right? I, I mean, right. Well, that's the, 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 the theory, and I'll tell you another reason why I did it as well. Um, but okay. number one is, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't feel like it was worth giving to somebody else in the ways we talked about or exploring any further. And right. I, I'm not even going to say that I think it's a bad product. I'm not saying hmm. it's a bad product. I am saying mm-hmm. it was something that just super didn't work with me. And I'm, I don't want to say what it is. I'm, I'm going to keep that reserved. But I will say that it was a rum that was uh, a uh, finished in another type of uh, a cask, a sherry cask. Okay. And okay. just it, it went for me, it went from being a rum to something else. Oh. And so it was just not rum enough anymore. 
And Interesting. so it, for me, I just didn't know what else to do with it. And I just couldn't uh-huh. stand seeing the ugly little bottle again. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I just need to get rid of this because I have limited space uh, in yeah. my house for where I can. And I had bought some other ones. And I had this one and I took it out and I sat it on my counter for a little while. And after a couple hours of it being on my counter and just going, what do I do with this? I just went, you know what? It's done. That bottle did not spark joy. It did. <laughs> So down the drain it went. You, exactly. Wait, is that is that is that Marie, Marie Kondo? Kondo? Yeah. yeah, you you Marie Kondoed that bottle, and it was yeah. done. Um, that's a that's a great euphemism for drain pour. <laughs> oh, I condoed it. We should make that a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hashtag hashtag condo. Hashtag condo. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got we've got the the the, the Marie Kondo. Yeah. Uh, you you have one more. I did. Is that, I'll is that very it? quickly okay. go through it, which yeah. is drink it anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> never fails. Yeah, just remember that. Hey, it's still rum. I ha- and yeah, you can still drink exactly. It. And th- I have on my note here. This is the best way to make sure you don't like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I-, I think obviously you're not going to buy it again. But if you're you know mm-hmm. stubborn and loyal to your purchase, and you're not going to take uh, you know anything, and you're you're going to take your medicine, and you're going to remember that this bottle is not for you moving forward. Hey, drink it anyway. Share it with friends. Do you know you can give people a disclaimer? Look, this one's not my favorite. Or you can use it in a party type atmosphere situation where you do a mixed, like you said, the punch bowl. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to find mm-hmm. a way to use it that maybe you're not ingesting as much of it. <laughs> but that's actually a great point, yeah. though, of like. Uh, like sometimes you'll see a, a recipe for punch or something like that. And this is talking about myself personally. I'll be like, I wonder if that's a good punch. And hey, uh, make a test batch, you know, mm. with a rum that you don't mind losing. And I think as long as it's not something like that drain pour that you mentioned, yeah. or sorry, that, that Marie Kondo bottle <laughs> that you mentioned, it uh, that probably wouldn't work in a punch because as you said, it had some sort of, you know, obscure cask. Uh, influence on it that made it not taste like rum right. so that's probably not the best application but if it's something that's just like underwhelming or whatever or you know you just don't find to be super high quality try try throwing it in a large format uh beverage yeah. and and see you know if it's if it's a crowd pleaser i agree or using it as an experiment like you said to experiment with you're getting your recipe right where you don't mind losing it yeah cool well, there you go. I think I think we've provided some a variety of methods to answer Dan's question. I am curious, just from all the listeners out there, what your methods are. So if if you have some some go tos uh, that we didn't cover, or if you heard some of the stuff we covered and you're like, oh man, I do that too, let us know. Uh, host at rumcast.com, as I mentioned again. Or if you have other questions, yeah, uh, send them in because we like doing these kinds of episodes and hope that you enjoy them too. So we want to, you know, sprinkle some of these in in between interviews. Uh, it's kind of, you know, kind of a change of pace, a little bit shorter. But uh, let us know what you think. Uh, you know where to reach us. Also on Instagram. Also, we would love for you to keep the reviews coming on Apple Podcasts. I think we're up to 26 now. Yeah. We know there are more of you out there that are holding out on us. Go to Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. Give us a review. Five stars. And let us know what you're thinking because we'd love to hear it. John, any final words before we go? No, this was really fun. I, I really enjoy uh, talking all things rum. And we really like it 
getting the prompts like you mentioned that we we talk about a lot of different things with rum with different people but if there's other things that you want to hear i just want to double down on that idea let us know we we want the interaction we want to hear from the community uh we love hearing from you guys and thank you all for for those of you who have already reviewed and for those of you who haven't as uh as will mentioned uh let's get to it what are you waiting for right <laughs> all right awesome well thanks everyone and john i will talk to you soon all right will